Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. I'm joined today with uh, Tom Terrace and Tom D'Angelis. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, Rob. Great. All right. The, the, the beginning of September, beginning of a, of a new school year. So for all the, the, the kids and the parents out there, I hope that's going well and uh, you know, we'll We'll uh, offer that up as an intention, you know, for this for this upcoming school year. So why don't we we why don't we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for another school year coming up, and for those listening that are uh, actively involved in education and Catholic education specifically, we thank you. For those in, in education in general, we thank you. Um, and Lord, we just ask you to guide the work of their hands to be light and love and peace and joy. To be your, uh, to be your witnesses to all the kids and the parents. Uh, so we just we just pray peace upon this whole school year, and that that we will all draw closer to you um, through uh, through each and every day. And for the time that we have today on on the radio, for all of us, all the listeners, uh, Lord, we just ask you to please open our hearts, help us to be uh, to be docile to your teaching, help us to have the courage to to live the challenges that we're gonna experience from the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we just ask you to, to guide us and protect us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So for those of you who have joined us before, welcome back. For those who are new to Reflections from the Heart, welcome. And what it is, it's a, it's a, a smaller version of what uh, we do on a weekly basis uh, around the, the diocese of, of Harrisburg and beyond, uh, called Gospel Reflections, and that's usually a one-hour meeting where we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday. We open up with prayer, uh, both from the heart and from our stewardship prayer book, and then we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday and let the Holy Spirit just take over from there, and we just share. So for those who are able to uh, look at the gospel, it's uh, from Mark, the gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 to 35. Mark 8, 27 to 35, and one of the prayers that we pray uh, at our Gospel Reflections, and that's in the Stewardship Prayer Book, is called the Universal Prayer, the Prayer of Pope, Pope Clement, and uh, it's uh, just a, a very, very powerful prayer. So just, if you can, just close your eyes. If you can't, just, you know, open your heart. Uh, either way, open your heart, and just listen to the words, and just see where the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. So we're just going to uh, read a a portion of this prayer. And the way that it happens at a, at a group is each person takes uh, a little section of the prayer and we just go around the, the room. So the three of us are going to just do the first six sections of the prayer. Uh, but for the rest of the story, for the rest of the prayer, just uh, contact us by phone or email if you want us to send you a book or send you a bunch of books that you can use for your group. Uh, we'd be happy to do that. All right. So Tom, if you could start us with the universal prayer. Sure. Um, Lord, I believe in you. Help me to believe more firmly. I trust in you. Help me to trust more surely. I love you. Help me to love you more ardently. I am sorry for my sins. 
Help me to deepen my sorrow. I worship you because I came from you. I long for you because you made me for yourself. I praise you as my ever-present helper. I call on you as my powerful protector. Guide me by your wisdom. Correct me with your justice. Comfort me by your mercy. Defend me with your power. Lord, I offer you my thoughts to be centered on you, my words to speak of you, my actions to do your will, my sufferings for your sake. I want whatever you want, because you want it, the way you want it, as long as you want it. Lord, enlighten my mind, strengthen my will, purify my heart, and sanctify my spirit. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, for the for the rest of the prayer, just get in touch with us at Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and we'll be happy to, to send the prayer books out to you. Tom, Tom D., if you could proclaim the gospel for us. Reading from the gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Thanks, Tom. The, the one word that I, I circled uh, was rejected. That Jesus is telling his, telling his guys that, that he's going to be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes. And, and we can fill in the blanks here in, in our lives that um, you know, we might be rejected. And that if we're truly following God's word, you know, we're going to be rejected. That you know, there, there isn't anything that, that, um, you know, that Jesus is telling us is going to happen that's not. You know, he says, to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And, and rejection is a cross, uh, especially when it happens from within. And, and some of the hardest um, rejections to, uh, to overcome are when they're you know, attacks from within. You, know, you, you love the church, you love the people, you love the, you know, the, the hierarchy, and then if an attack comes from within, that, that, hit, that hits home really hard. And uh, I'm just working with a, a friend who's experiencing one of those right now, and, and he's like, man, I can't believe this is happening from within. And in our conversation, I said, you know, 
expect that. And, and your, your, your battle isn't with that person. It's with the principalities. And, you know, it, it's a spiritual battle that God needs us to engage in the battle to, to bring for, you know, help bring forth the kingdom of God. But the evil one is going to use people as well. And when the evil one who's not creative, and he's going to use the same thing, despair and hopelessness and fear and whatever, you know, he, if he knows that, that you're, and once he knows where your touch point is, where is your heart, and then he's going to try to wound you using that, which you care most about, just to try to get you to turn away from the church, you know, we, we should expect that. You know, look what happened to Paul. Look what happened to the saints. Look, you know, that, that this is, this is going to happen. And, and it's not, it's not a person to person thing. It's a, it's a spiritual battle and it's easier said than done. Um, when you're, when you're the one who's going through the rejection, but I think as brothers and sisters, we need to help each other and remind each other that it's not, you know, it's not flesh and blood. It's, it's, it's the spiritual battle. I think, too, we have to uh, examine ourselves on um, those times when we, uh, you know, we look like the elder son in the prodigal son story. You know, we, we always tend to put ourselves in a position of the person being rejected. Um, but I often wonder sometimes, particularly when I read this passage, um, if... If Jesus came today, would we be the people that he would be rejected by? Would we be the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes? Would we be the people who know all the rules and know all the right things to do and are perfectly willing to go out and tell everybody how that needs to be done and in the process miss the opportunities to demonstrate God's mercy, miss the opportunities to be Christ to other people? Uh, and you know, I'm challenged lately um, by the message of Pope Francis and by some of the, you know, some of the, the, the books and the theology that's coming out now around mercy in this year of mercy, because I, I want to take a look at my own behavior and say, where am I not welcoming people who have same-sex attraction? Where am I not welcoming people who are cohabitating? Where am I not welcoming and showing the mercy of God without compromising on the law? But it's one thing to be a Pharisee or a scribe or an elder and teach something and say, if you don't believe this, you can't come to our church. You're not part of our congregation. You're not part of our community. It's another thing to say, come in, you know, be part of our community and let us talk with you, work with you, help you understand what we believe and let us understand what you believe and where you're coming from. And I'm challenged on that in, in a lot of ways because I, I have to deal with that, you know, those kinds of situations in, in my life. Um, but I do think that that's a, a real challenging point where, you know, we read this and we tend to think of ourselves as being the ones that are rejected. But at the same time, is that always the case? You know, I'm, I wonder how I look to other people who are feeling rejected by the way that I come across to them, you know. And the kind of the strange word that jumped out at me was villages, and um, I just pictured Jesus walking through these villages that are filled with people, and how he's uh, you know ministering to them, and his disciples are with him as well, ministering. And and I know I'm not trying to interpret what Jesus was thinking, obviously, but you know when he says, "Who do people say that I am?" I was just wondering if it, if he and his disciples were possibly thinking, you know, are we having any effect with these? 
you know, with these people. And um, I think that could be, uh, you know, uh, tied into our own lives, you know, where maybe there's someone I'm praying for, someone that I love, and maybe I'm not having any effect at all. But um, um, maybe part of that is our pride, too, um, you know, wanting to sort of be God for, for everyone else rather than humbly submitting ourselves to him. Um, and, uh, you know, when he says whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, you know, so maybe, you know, we have to, or I have to, uh, you know, somehow give up that control that I want to have perhaps over someone else, uh, a loved one who is not converting to my time schedule or whatever. And I'm, and I'm questioning whether or not I'm having any effect. Um, but to realize that Jesus um, is, in, you know, the real one in control of everything. And, and Tom, it's, it's such a challenge because it, it, when I ask that question, the effect that I'm having, I, I am having an effect. It's a negative effect, <laughs> but I'm having an effect. You know, when I'm so, like you mentioned timetable, man, like, wouldn't we love all of our family and our friends to come up to us and say, I have accepted Jesus Christ. You know, I'm, I'm all in. You know, I'm, wouldn't we love to hear that? But it's not, that's not how it's going to happen. And uh, the challenge for me is how do I, like you're saying, Tom D, about like how do you love you know, in the midst of, of the, the messiness without coming across like you're condoning the things that are, you know, that are um, offensive to our Lord. Uh, you know, so that, that's, a, that's a, a challenge. That's, yeah. That is a challenge. But back to Tom T's comment about um, am I having an effect? You know, it's, it's, if, if I'm asking that, then I'm trying too hard and I'm trying to close the deal. So yeah. at that point, I'm having a, a negative effect. Yeah, and I was thinking too, Tom, when you mentioned about Jesus going through the villages and, you know, his disciples following behind, and I had this vision based on the comments that I made, the challenges that I threw out to myself of, am I with Jesus and going along with him and learning from him and absorbing the way that he touched people in their difficulties and their sinfulness and their, you know, in their, their brokenness and their pain and suffering and their illness? Or am I part of another group tagging behind Jesus and his disciples looking for, hey, they didn't wash their hands. They, they cussed. They, you know, they did this. They did that. You know, how can they be from God? Am, am I one of those people that are going along saying they, you know, they can't be from God because they're, they're lax on things. They're not paying attention to the details. They're not this. They're not that. And the fact of the matter is they may be. And the fact of the matter is those may be things that at some point in their spiritual development, they would put aside and as they grow closer to Christ, grow closer to God. But that's not where they are right now. And that's not where Jesus expects them to be. Like he doesn't throw them out because they don't wash their hands or because they lift, you know, they're pulling the heads off the grains, you know, the the wheat as they're walking through the field on the Sabbath. You know, he's, uh, he's a little bit more tolerant and a little bit more merciful in those things. And in fact, changes the whole perspective on that stuff. That's not really what being my disciple is about. It's not about whether you pull the head off the grains in the, in the field on the Sabbath. It's about, are you, you know, and if, and if I'm not mistaken, that I think was the very passage where Jesus says to the scri scribes and the Pharisees, 
you know, he quotes from Isaiah, it's mercy that I desire, not sacrifice. You know, I'm not looking for perfection in the rules. I'm looking for mercy. I'm looking for, because isn't that what his whole presence is about on the face of the earth? It's God saying, I'm not ready to give up on you yet. You messed up this whole earth and I'm still wanting to be with you. You know, I still want to be here. And that's more the message than, did you follow the rules? You know, yeah, so. That makes me think of Mother Teresa. You know, I yeah. could I picture her walking as Jesus did through the villages that she walked through. And, and what did she bring? The face of love, right? She was loving these people that she served, these these poor people. And I think that's what Jesus would do, as opposed to the other person that you described who's just pointing fingers saying, look, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. But right. she's right in there taking action with love. And I think that's what he's calling us to do. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a gentleman that I heard speaking about some, some of the stuff that we're talking about, and uh, especially when people fall into sin and and he said, um, you know, he said, it's okay. It's okay. And then they'd be like, what do you mean? It's okay that I'm sinning? He's like, no, no, it, it's okay. All right, God's got it. Right, that, you know, not that the sin is okay, but it's okay. And uh, the way he kept saying, I was like, wow, that, that's beautiful that, that we're all going to be messing up. We're all, we've all sinned and we're, we're, we're going to fall and it's okay. Jesus took care of that. He doesn't want us to keep sinning, right? But it's okay. You know, and there's no, you know, there's no sin that that out, you know, that out does his mercy. So it's okay that, you know, God can handle us anywhere, anywhere where we are. You know, he's just, he's just waiting for us to to turn our heart to him, so we can receive his love, receive his mercy. Um, I was praying for my brother this week who, is, uh, you know, not fully engaged, and I was just praying on his birthday uh, that he just opens the gift that's already been given to him. You know, the, the, the gift of faith and mercy and love, it's already been given. You know, he just hasn't made the choice yet to, to open it fully. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's my prayer that we, it's okay. He's, he's where he is. It's okay. God's, God's got it. And uh, I just need to do more praying and more praying and less trying to figure it out. Yeah, because yeah, like, that reminds me of that uh, divine mercy, that God's unquenchable, what is it, unfathomable mercy. And I was I heard one priest talking that, um, and you'd mentioned when you first began speaking about how this is, we're in a spiritual battle, and how he was saying how powerful the Divine Mercy Chaplet is for just, uh, you know, overcoming that, and also um, to calm one's mind down when we have all these sort of, uh, you know, uh, battles in thought that you know, come from the evil one that want to make us, um, you know, fight with our brothers and sisters. That 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 divine mercy chaplet, if it's said over and over, can really work wonders in our life. So um, I know it has with me as well. So I, I recommend that to to anyone if you're not familiar with the divine mercy chaplet to visit one of our displays. I'm sure we have uh, some information on it. Tom, do you remember when you were first introduced to the to the chapel to Divine Mercy? Oh, it was years ago, but this was just recently. I I stumbled upon a, a talk by a priest, and he was talking about the, you know, the spiritual battles that we're going through that we can go through, and that how powerful that is. You know, what was it? Was it a person that told you about it, or did you see? Do you, do you remember? Do you remember a specific event that led you to the chapel? Or I was just going through some really intense, uh, I don't know what it was, just 
bad, bad negativity, okay. just um, really depressing stuff recently. Just and I, I must have been God's mercy leading mm-hmm. me to this, to this priest that I, you know, heard this talk and I tried it out, and it worked. <laughs> you know, it just, it just calmed, like the peace came back. You know, it was. Uh, it was really profound. It was just like a, a still water type of thing, you know what I mean? When you're just so jammed up, yeah. you know, and then that, uh, I don't know, it uh, it definitely has an effect. Good. And, and, and my, my first memory of the Chapel of My Mercy is uh, a friend of ours from years ago handed me a little booklet uh, leading up to um, the nine days prior to, or leading up to, you know, whenever the novena starts for you know, Good I think, Friday, I think it goes from Good Friday, thanks, Tom. Yeah, Good Friday to Divine Mercy Sunday, which is a Sunday after Easter, and she gave us the, you know, the the little prayer card that had all the the prayers and intentions for each day, and uh, I had never heard of of that prayer, never heard of Saint Faustina, never heard of of any of this. You know, that's just so awesome about our Catholic Church is that we get introduced to so many beautiful devotions and prayers and saints that, you know. Every day we could say a different prayer or, or or look at the life of a different saint, you know. So to, but yeah, it was it was an individual. So don't underestimate the you know just that personal, right? You know, here I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's you know something that's been real impactful in my life. Like you know, a beautiful story about you know just calming the the negativity and and like like the peaceful still water. You know, this is what it's done in my life here. You know, you might want to take a look. You know, yeah. it's that one that those one on one encounters. Uh, my my first uh, connection with it is we had a very active group of people in our parish that used to pray it all the time, and I I never really got engaged with it very much. And then when I uh, I and you know got involved with the spiritual director, he was uh, advising me at one point in my life to say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, so I started to say it, um, but I remember telling him. Um, Father, you know, you want me to start the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I haven't really mastered the rosary yet. How about if I, <laughs> how about if I work on that? I've always felt a strong devotion to the rosary, and I still do. And, uh, but I always appreciate saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And when I do say it, and usually I say it with a group of people, um, I always, say, you know, tr- remind myself of what a great prayer it is, and say, you know, it's always like I should say this more often. But uh, I guess most of my time for that meditative kind of prayer is taken up more with the rosary so um, but it's a great prayer and it and it probably is a good call for me in terms of trying to reconcile this whole idea of how I show mercy in my life you know um, that this is probably a good prayer that that maybe I'm being called to at this point but uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about the passage that we read was there's a very interesting um, kind of contrast here where Jesus says, you know, after Peter says, you are the Christ, he warned them not to tell anyone about this. And then three sentences down, he talks about, you know, the chief priests and the scribes, you know, are going to reject him and he's going to be killed and rise after three days. And he spoke this openly, you know, so first he's telling them, don't say anything to anybody about this. But then he's speaking openly about all this other, probably much more controversial um, stuff. It's one thing to say he is the Christ. It's another thing to say, well, I'm the Christ, but you know what being the Christ means. It means this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And he speaks openly about that. So I just thought it was kind of 
kind of interesting. Like, do you want us to tell anybody or don't you want us to tell anybody? But, uh, but the, 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 the other thing about that is, is as equally much of a contrast is that Peter ends up being not so much in this one uh, as in Matthew's version of it, where he says, you know, the Holy Spirit has told you this. This isn't, this didn't come, you know, by man. Then he goes on to, you know, three sentences later, he calls him Satan. You know, so he goes from being, you know, best friends with the Holy Spirit to being, you know, the, the, the biggest adversary. So, And I wonder if he, he said, you know, he spoke this openly. Was he saying that because this is our salvation, you know, the fact that he's going to be killed? And that's why he spoke about it openly, you know, like this is how your salvation is going to come about, you know, um, through my death. And, and you look at you know the um, the heroes and role models that we've had in our lives. You know whether it's in business or sports or whatever we you know we want to act like them. And you're, when you're a kid, you you, know, you shoot the basketball or catch the football or throw a baseball like your you know your, your your heroes in the sport. And who's our hero in our faith? Jesus Christ. And he says that whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. So if we're truly following our hero, Jesus, and we want to act like him, we want to walk like him, talk like him, love like him, I mean, there's some serious, there's some serious consequences to that. I mean, the, the suffering is part of it, but God promises that he will turn good out of all that suffering, right? God will turn all that to good for those who love him. Uh, so it's just so contrary to the world. And the thing that's hard for me sometimes is that deny myself part. You know, I, I, Lord, where do I need to deny myself more um, to put others first? Um, yeah. and, and, you know, too, Rob, uh, just real briefly, we don't have to go looking for suffering. It's part of our life. You know, so we say, well, take, take on Jesus's cross. It's not a matter of, well, if I, if I become a Christian or if I follow Jesus, I'm going to have to take on more suffering. We just have to deal with the suffering that we get. You know, it's part of accepting God's will in our life. We don't have to go looking for that stuff. It'll, we, you know, it'll find you whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. Everybody's going to go through that stuff. But now so it makes gonna, sense. It's just yeah. a matter of, right, it's yeah. just a matter of it makes sense. And now what are we going to do with it? You know, are we going to offer it up, you know, in union with his suffering? Or are we going to complain about it and whine and, you know, feel sorry for ourselves and close in on ourselves and, you know. So. Yeah, Mother Teresa said, you know, if we knew the value of suffering, we pray for it. But, you know, we don't have to yeah. pray for more, yeah. but maybe pray for the awareness of mind in those moments when we have the suffering to offer it up, right? To not complain, to offer it up. And, and it's through that that souls are saved. So we wish you all uh, a great day and a wonderful weekend. God bless you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.